Bless you, saints. So glad you gathered with us this evening. We want to look again at something we've been talking about over the last few weeks. And I've looked at this idea now almost 20 iterations of this message. It is the quiet mind for troubled times. The quiet mind for troubled times. I'm the quiet mind for troubled times. It's important that you get that. We'll be starting soon our um, gathering of quiet minds is what I'm calling it. And I'll be calling those of you who want to meet with me uh, in a time of prayer and meditation. We're going to have a special new uh, line for you to call in on or to come in on. You can join us on Zoom for a special prayer and meditation time. And I want you to get ready for that. We're just going to spend some time together. And I'm calling in the quiet minds. And you're going to call your mind quiet even if you're working on it. Amen. You're going to have that time to spend with us. Also, we'll have the Quiet Minds podcast that'll be out because I want you to get a meditation from me. And ways in which you can take that meditation, hear those words, uh, five, ten minute meditation, and then sit back and reflect on it before God. And sit in God's presence as you allow God to work on you so that you can have the peace that not only you want, but the peace you deserve. God has called you unto the spirit of peace. You know, we've been looking at this passage in the Psalm 46, and it's just our base scripture, but it, it's verse 10, which simply says, Be still and know that I am God. I um, I, I looked at that, and I'm going to come back to this idea that I've been trying to deal with the unspiritual self and the spiritual self. And those of you who have been awakened in your spirit and you are spiritually alive in Christ, you've got to get to the point where you get your unspiritual self um, and allow it to be, die, allow it to be buried, allow it to, to no longer have control over your life. You know, First um, Corinthians 2.14 in the Message Bible uses this language. The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of God's spirit. There's no capacity for them. So my unspiritual self can't get a hold of what this teaching is now because my unspiritual self doesn't have the capacity to receive this message. It doesn't have that capacity because it thinks out of the flesh. And you know, in my flesh dwells no good thing. It thinks out of its Adamic nature. And my nature is, uh, you know, um, those, those rappers were not wrong when they said, when they did that song, Naughty, they named their group Naughty by Nature. They, they weren't wrong. Uh, there, there's truth to that because we are naturally naughty. You, you don't have to teach a child how to lie. You catch a child in the hand in the cookie jar. You say, you say who ate the cookies? They, I don't know. It comes natural. Crumbs all down their face. Cookie crumbs in their shirt and hands. And I don't know. And that's all of us. 
That's our Adamic nature. Our unspiritual self is automatically prone towards things of the flesh. So that when I begin to teach you that you have to learn to love your enemies. And that's the Luke 6 passage that we've been working on. Luke 6, 27 through 38, which tells us to love enemies, do good to those that hate us, and to bless those that curse you and pray for those that despitefully use you. That That's like, that's not the way we do business. You know, doing good to enemies doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't make sense. And, but it's so important that we we find that 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 place in us that is better than what would be commonplace among other people. Elsewise, as the scripture teaches, we're no better than. What has Christ done for us if he can't give us love for those that appear to be unlovable? How do we demonstrate the love of Christ? He says, by this shall you know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. So that one of the ways in which we demonstrate who we are in God is a demonstration of love. The truth of the matter is, well, I think it was Dionne Warwick that said, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for one, but for everyone. The truth is, we need love, but not, not some sentimentality or not, not some erotic love, some, you know, it, no, we need something more, not even filios, the friendship love. We need agape love, the love of God Almighty in us on demonstration. Uh, last week, I raised these these issues, and and they were so important. And, and I want to let me just let me just put them before you again. And I'm going to make a statement that might catch you a little bit off guard. But li listen, I told you to embrace three things. The first is to embrace righteousness, and that's the righteousness of God, what God calls us to, what God wants from our lives. Embrace it. Embrace righteousness. And then I told you to embrace restrictions. That's the parameters that God puts around our lives. God says there's certain things you can't do. You know, to tell you the truth, we'd probably still be living in blissful peace in the garden if Adam and Eve could have embraced the restrictions. He says everything else you could have, but of this tree, eat not. I, I think that, that that story is there in the beginning of the Bible, not just to give us some uh, creative way of telling us the beginning of the world, but I think it's there to tell us that one of the first sins of humanity was to not understand boundaries. To not embrace restrictions. To not realize that there's some things you can do and some things you can't do. And it's really okay to live in the boundaries. There's a lot of joy and peace inside the boundaries. And God's blessings are there. And the boundaries are never so restrictive that God has not given you plenty within what he's offered to us. And then I said, embrace reciprocity. And that, that's, uh, um, that's a concept of what you send out is coming back. 
And trust me when I tell you, what you send out is coming back. Uh, we, we, like to, we like to grab the Buddhist term, which is karma. And there are a lot of things that go with that term that, that don't apply to believers. But the Buddhists got something right. And I tell people this sometimes, the things in religion which are true, this is a Howard Thurman statement, are true not because they're in any specific religion, but because they're truths, universal. And I don't care what the, the group may be, they may have a universal truth. And there's a universal truth at work, that what is sent out is coming back. And, and these, are, these are truths taught by Jesus. You cast your bread upon the waters, it's going to return. There are a number of scriptures that tell you, you do this and this is what is coming back. Sow the wind, you got back the whirlwind. They that sow in tears shall reap also in joy. There, there are, there's reciprocity, God is blessing. He's going to move, he's gonna do great things. And so when I offered that, it, 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 it dawned on me that those of you who are functioning at that higher self level, that, 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 that level of the spiritual self, could look at those three things and say, that makes sense. Let's go for it. Others of you are, let's just be real. You've got real life issues and, and maybe... Um, you don't think that I have understood your real life issues. So let me see if I can raise some real life issues. <clears throat> real life issues, family conflicts. You got siblings that could be having issues with each other. You've got spouses that could be having issues with each other. You may have a conflict with uh, your, your baby mama or your baby daddy. Maybe he or she doesn't want to pay support or doesn't want to see their children or help out. Real life stuff here. You, you could be sitting there as a victim of assault. No joke here. This is real life stuff. You could be hurting because of something that happened years ago that you're just now coming in contact with and in touch with. And then you hear this crazy preacher up here talking about love your enemies. Do you know what they did to me? Are you exonerating them? Are you letting them get away off the hook? What's wrong with you? Maybe you're somebody who has had a hard time because of the way you look and people have ostracized you. They body shamed you. They made you feel bad about yourself. You, you, you end up losing your self-esteem. You lost your joy. You lost your peace because they talked about you. Maybe you're somebody whose hair didn't match up to the hair du jour. And so you didn't have the long hair that someone else had or you couldn't get your hair styled the way someone else did or, or maybe your mother's hot comb didn't work the way you wanted to. Or you, you, and now you've got issues and you're mad at people. Too tall, too short, too skinny, too fat. Body part doesn't match body part. People being mean, people being rude, 
people being jealous, people hurting you to hurt you. People talking about you, call you out of your name. People knew they hurt you and never apologized to you. Never said they were sorry, never came back. Never even tried to act like nothing ever happened. No, they hurt you. And now this crazy preacher tells you to love your enemies. How do we do this, Reverend? It doesn't make sense. I'll be saved. I'm going to give my life to Jesus because I don't want to go to hell. But loving folks like that is not in the cards. And I want to tell you now, you could have been mistreated by those you work with, your coworkers. Could have been mistreated by the system itself, the judicial system, the, the health care system, the insurance system, the military system, the financial system, the welfare system, the fair housing system. All of those things will be real. And they are things that have happened to you. Validated. I'm validating your pain. I'm validating what you went through. I'm validating that you could be having an issue right now in entering into agreement with your children. I'm validating that. What I'm invalidating is any response that doesn't start with love. Now, some of you, you know, I, I will stand myself today um, and, and this is the truth. You know, we find a way of rationalizing what we know is not right. So we'll rationalize our behavior even though we know that our behavior is contradictory to our full beliefs. So we'll rationalize our wrongdoing. We'll rationalize our bitterness. We'll rationalize it into our pain. We'll rationalize it and we'll say, if you only knew. And the truth of the matter is that what we allow to happen to us is that we allow root of bitterness to get in there. And that root of bitterness keeps us from fulfilling our God mandate and our purpose in the world. Okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to be tough, so hang in there. Don't get, don't get weary just yet. Every time we live with unresolved issues that root themselves into bitterness, we give place for the enemy to attack us. Say it again. Every time we live with unresolved issues that root themselves into bitterness, we give place for the enemy to attack us. He can steal our peace. He can steal our joy. He can steal our happiness. All he has to do is pick at that spot. We left an opening. We've left a chink in the armor. We've left a spot in the armor for him to dig in on us. And ultimately, it blocks the pathway to peace and purpose.
I, I'm, I'm, I'm so enthused tonight because I, I feel the anointing wrapped around this. It blocks the pathway to our peace and our purpose in the world. Because bitterness will keep me in, watch this now, bondage. You need to get this, you need to get this, holler at somebody in the comment section. You need to tell somebody, bitterness keeps me in bondage. Bitterness will keep you in bondage. Bitterness will keep you in bondage. You're hostile. You're a hostage to that which has taken place to you. You can never get beyond it. It blocks your pathway. No pathway to peace. No pathway to live your purpose. You walk around, you're miserable. You have peace one minute, miserable the next. Joy one minute, gone, miserable the next. Because every time you get ready to enter into full peace or full joy, that which has been blocking your pathway comes back, and the root of bitterness takes over, and now you're in pain again. And the truth of the matter is that you cannot live the God mandate on your life. I know that's tough. That, that sounds rough. You know, your purpose in the world, as a believer, we are to make disciples. Just that simple. Go ye into all the world. Preach my gospel. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. He says, I want you being the disciple making business in order to live out your purpose and function with a high level of peace you must have a clear purpose and your clear purpose is only cleared as your spirit is free and cleared it's hard to be connected to a divine God if you got some devilish ways. Hard to be connected to a divine God if you got some devilish ways. You see, you know, this might get to someone, so don't, don't be offended. But you were called into reconciliation. And you were given the ministry of reconciliation. So how can you live out the ministry of reconciliation if you're not willing to reconcile? Okay, let me see if I can let me let me see if I can work this. This this one got this one got to get some work on it. You got to get this now. Okay, listen to this. If you're not willing to be repaired and to be restored, then it's hard for you to live out your purpose in reconciliation. If you're not ready or willing to be repaired and restored, you can't work out your purpose in reconciliation. Because see, you need to recon recognize that God restores. You know, I can't take away what happened to you. I can't change the arguments. 
let, let me be completely transparent. I, I, I don't, I, I've got people, I said last week, there's some people who are, are hurt with me, bitter with me, uh, things I've said, done, try to do the right thing, didn't always work out. And, and look, they've said hard things to me, and I, I understand. I understand. When stuff doesn't work out like you think it's supposed to work out, you get hurt. Everybody's hurt. I'm hurt. We're all hurt. But here's, here's, here's the only thing that keeps me in the game. I'm going to stand there right where you left me waiting to reconcile. Because see, I know it wasn't right. I know it didn't work out like we planned it or anyone else planned it. But I'm standing right there. I'm waiting to reconcile. I ain't going nowhere. But, but, but you know what I said to you? And people say things in the heat of the moment. They get upset. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised that, that, that sometimes you see in political campaigns people say nasty things to each other, and then all of a sudden they reconcile. Next thing you know, they're walking and doing political things together. You'd be like, wow, didn't they just say so-and-so about them in the debate? you wow, how'd that happen? Well, if they can do that in politics and put aside things and reconcile for a greater good, what about believers? This 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 good stuff right here. This the good stuff tonight. Listen, I cannot live without love, and I cannot be a kingdom purpose person without functioning perpetually in the spirit of love. I can't live without love, and I cannot be a kingdom person without functioning perpetually in the spirit of love. I got to know who I am. Got to know what I'm called to do. Got to know what God wants from me. Okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Reverend, that sounds good. But how can I do that when I, 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 I'm still hurt? I'm, I'm still going through. You don't have to be. God can heal your heart and allow you to love in spite of what's going on. That doesn't mean that reconciliation doesn't always mean that you all are going to become buddy-buddy and go down and, and start having dinner together. What? No. It means that, that we can put it right and move on. It means that we can set that aside and say, okay, everything didn't go like we want to and move forward with life. It means that you're not going to carry around any hurt or bitterness anymore. And I'm not going to carry around anything either. We're going to let that go. We're going to move our lives on in Christ Jesus. Well, Reverend, you don't know this person is a, is a rapist, an assault. And I'm not asking you to go to that prison or to go to the grave wherever they are. I'm not asking that. What I'm asking you is that you don't let their wickedness cause you to stay perpetually in pain. You're not, you're not doing this for their sake, although it benefits them. It is for your sake 
that you're being healed. It's for your sake that you're letting that go. It's for your sake that you're getting your peace back. It's for your prayer life's sake that you are walking in a new way, in a new mind, because you know that if you let it go, God can make a miracle out of your life. So, Reverend, how do I do this? I'm glad you asked. You, you, there's only one way to do it. Okay. You can, do, you can do some of this in your flesh. You know, some people are just, by personality, they're nice, they're forgiving people. They, you know, that's just who they are. And they, they can get past stuff. Doesn't mean they really that have gotten over it, but they, their personality allows them to be in the presence of people they don't even like. And that's wonderful. But the better way, the blessed way, is this to learn to walk in the Spirit. That's right. That's what tonight's all about. Tonight's all about acknowledging that you've got to walk in the Spirit. You cannot do this in the flesh. Rather, it must be done with the Spirit. You can't do it in the flesh. You can't do it there. But in the spirit, you can do it. Galatians chapter 5, in the Amplified Version, verse 13 says this, For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, and selfishness. But through love, serve and seek the best for one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships, and that's what this whole thing is about, is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. But if you bite and devour one another in bickering and strife, watch out that you, along with your entire fellowship, are not consumed by one another. He said, don't, don't go biting each other. Don't, don't do that. You're better than that. He says, you, you, that's your old nature. The complete Jewish Bible uses verse 13 this way. For brothers, you were called to be free. Only do not let that freedom become an excuse for allowing your, your old nature to have its way. Instead, serve one another in love. You're better than your old nature. You're better than that. You're better than what people think you are. You, you don't want to get to this place where you spend your life always looking for the next fight. You know, there's some people, you know them, and, 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 and you know, it's just true. Some people just, they pick a fight just because it's, it, it's, it's Tuesday. They, they look at folks, they just want to fight. I, I, there's some people just got a spirit like they just think they were born to be a warrior. But you're better than that. You're better than that. Here's what he says. Verse 16 of Galatians 5. Here's what he says. He says, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Habitually. 
habitually make a habit out of it. Make, do it every day, perpetually, consistently. This ought to be who you are. Walk every day in the Holy Spirit. And he said, if you don't understand what that means, with the walk in the Spirit, he says, seek him and be responsive to his guidance. Let me tell you something. If you allow the Lord to lead you and the Holy Ghost to be your instructor and your guide, you're going to go along and God's going to be blessing you all the way. You, you're going to find that God will be instructing you on what to say, when to say it, how to say it, and most importantly, when to shut up. He'll do it. He'll guide you. Because some things are better left unsaid. Then he says, and then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. My sinful nature, my unspiritual nature re re responds impulsively. That's why some of you who have been saved a long time still cuss like sailors. You, you love Jesus. But you hit your toe, and all of a sudden, you got another word other than Jesus coming out your mouth. You respond impulsively. Some of you, you your children could ask you for something that you were intending to give them. And because you always respond impulsively, your first answer is always no. And then you think about it, and that starts speaking, because you respond impulsively. You've got to get to the place where your spiritual nature your better self, your higher self, your conscious self that has been touched by God is leading you. Verse 17 says, for the sinful nature, my unspiritual self, he says it has its desire which is opposed to the spirit and the desire of the spirit opposed to the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other and continually in conflict so that as you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. Somebody want to know why I keep messing up? Why I keep falling back into bitterness? Why do I keep getting, feeling the same old feelings, going through the same old thing? Why does it keep happening to me? Because I'm in conflict with my spiritual nature and my sinful nature. My spiritual self wants to do right and my sinful self just want to do wrong. And sometimes we sing about it. We, we get all, you know, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. If being right means being without you, I'd rather be wrong than right. Listen, we get to the place where we give the unspiritual self complete control. And we got to get out of it. We got to say to ourselves, my spirit is going to be led by the Spirit of God. That's the only way you're going to live this. See, that's the only way you're going to get your peace back. That's the way you're going to get rid of your bitterness. See, some of you can pray. You can speak in tongues. The anointing can come all over you. And yes, it does come all over you. But if you don't allow that same anointing to saturate your whole self and bring your 
unspiritual self under control under subject you will come back out of that gifting back up out of that anointing and you will winter right back into the flesh right back into the bitterness right back into the pain right back into the hurt right back into the issues and let me let me say it when my, when my mom used to say it the devil is a liar Oh, Slewfoot got you. That, that's old church there. You, you can't, don't give, you know, um, Mr. Mike, you probably don't know that you're a little young. But, um, but, but when I grew up, they sang songs like, don't let the devil ride. Because if you let him ride, he will want to drive. Don't let the devil ride. If, don't let the devil be your boss. If you let him be your boss, your soul will soon be lost. Don't let the... Y'all don't know about that. That's, that's old church right there. Listen, you have to... Well, Reverend, why you mention the devil? Because give no place to the devil. What is the devil? In this regard, anything that keeps you from God. I'm using it in a larger, more metaphorical sense because I want you to realize anything that keeps you from being the best you should be in God is a trick of the enemy because it keeps you from settling in on the things of God. Let, let me let me see. I've got I've got oh no I've got to bring this thing in. But let me let me do this here. Verse 18, he says, "But if you are guided and led by the Spirit." You're not subject to the law at all. Now, I, I got a whole bunch of stuff to do between 19 and, and, and down the line. I can't do it all. So I'm going to skip ahead to give you four things to, to remember. Four things. Four things. So get, get, get your pen ready. Get your pen ready. I have to remember that I live a life that has been commanded. Commanded commanded that that's that's an adjuration I, I i have lived a life that has been commanded reverend what do you mean if i'm really a believer my life has been commanded by god's word my life functions out of what god says i surrendered my life uh minister lamont i give myself away See, don't, don't, don't bother singing that anymore if you're not going to really give yourself away. Say, say, say that, say that, that. that. That's it right there. So what? So you can use me. Give myself away. What? My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself 
to you. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. I got, I don't, I got to, I got to hurry. Listen, listen. I, I'm living a life that has been commanded by the word. I try to live my life within the precepts and line upon line and precept upon precept of God's truth. Not, not my word, but his word. So God, you lead me. You guide me. Let your word speak to me. I want to live a word life. I want to live a life that you have designed for me because what you have for me is for me and everything you have for me is better than anything I can pick for myself. And if you have told me this is the way you want me to live, this is how I walk in peace. God, help me to live my life by your commandments. And, and, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then I, I've got to realize that, 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 I, that I need to live my life as a life of character. 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 I, you need to possess the attributes of God. You need to possess the attributes of God. Reverend, where you get all this attribute stuff from? Where does that come from? It's still in that Galatians 5. I, I don't have time to do it all now, but, but you know what they are. Verse 22 tells you what they are. It says that it, it, they're love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You, you know what they are. I need, I need to have the attributes of God in me. I need to have the kind of God qualities in my life. I need to put it on me and, and live it every day. That, those, those attributes. I, I, you, ought to, you ought to ask yourself, the next time you go to cut up, ask yourself which of the attributes are you violating? Because in truth, the more we live like God wants us to live, the better we'll live. Okay, I, I only got a few more minutes. My, my time is running out and I got plenty of word here. We've got to get number three. We've got to get to the conduct that God wants us to have. <clears throat> and, and by conduct, I mean we've got to act on it. If you notice the passage in Luke kept talking about, it, it, it kept saying, do good. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Give and it shall be given. Let me tell you something. My, not only am I to, to talk it, I'm to walk it. Now, <clears throat> if I could do the crip walk, you, 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 the, the, Jose, don't, don't laugh like that. Jose over there, crack it up, talking about, I don't think you think I can do it. I, I would do it right now. Walk it like I talk it. No, oh no. Young people know what I mean. You have to walk it and talk it the same way. I was, I was sharing with somebody a few weeks ago, and I was telling them, I said, let me just say this. This is what we believe. You get to do with it what you will. But this is what we believe. 
what you really ought to do is accept it and now work your life to live up to your best self. This is what we believe. That we live the word. We try to walk in it every day. We pray for our enemies. We do good for those. You know, it's who we are. And the more you get the walking in by the Spirit, the more it will become natural to you. You won't have to force it. It'll become natural to you. It'll be natural for you to tell folk you love them. It'll be natural for you to pray for people that have been mistreating you and talking about you. It'll be natural for you. You'll have such peace. Not that you'll go get your, 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 your abuse out of jail, but you'll be able to pray God save him while he's in there. Send, send, a, send a minister by. Let, 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 let somebody like, like Brother Winston go over there and, and minister to him in the prison, Lord, and let, let him give their life to you. Let them get saved. And somebody would say, you're praying for someone that abused Yes, I'm praying for them. Let them get, get, God, give their life. Give them a chance to know you and the true love of God and the peace that you give. Because, God, if you hadn't given me peace after what I've been through, I don't know how I would have made it. But because of your peace, I'm still here. Because of your peace, even when that individual thought they were taking me down, God, your peace kept picking me back up again. Even though they thought they had broken me. God, you healed me and put me back together again. And God, I'm praying they get that kind of salvation, that kind of grace, that kind of peace in them to know you. Because if it wasn't for you, Lord, I wouldn't be here. And I certainly wouldn't know peace. I know this, this sounds crazy. It doesn't match up. But it comes with this last one, my fourth one, and I'm closing on this, close on this. And and I got much more I could be doing. Jeez, I just, woo, my mind is just, I'm going a mile a minute. I've got so much in me wanting to get out because you, you've got to do this. Somebody listening to me right now, here's your big struggle. You understand the command. You have been trying to live in the character of God. You have partially even been trying to function in the conduct. And because you've not been able to do it, your conscience has been messing with you. And so your attitude hasn't been what you wanted to be because your conscience is what's been telling you you're better than that. Your conscience has been telling you we, we can do more than that. And tell you something, when you get your conscience lined up with God and you really get into a position with God, your attitude changes about everything. Your attitude changes about people. Your attitude changes about how they treated you. Your attitude changes towards men, women, boys, and girls. You know what happens to a person that functions in wickedness and bitterness too long the longer they stay there they run the risk of having their conscience seared with a hot iron what does that mean reverend it means that their conscience no longer works as it was originally designed 
Therefore, they can do anything without any feelings of remorse, guilt, or shame. But because your conscience is there, you know, most of us who will function now understand when we need to do better. And we can say it out loud. I can do better. I can be better. And here's my open hand. Saying I can do better. I can be better. See, I've got to be ready to be repaired me. And always working on me. Repairing me. Restoring me. Getting me right. Because I have been called to help others be restored. But guess what? That's not just for pastors. That's for every believer. I'll show you this in scripture next week. I'll break it down to you because I want you to understand your purpose in the world. God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. That's what the scripture teaches. That's what the Pauline passage says. And if God gave you the ministry of reconciliation, it's hard for you to live in the ministry of reconciliation if you are not ready to be a reconciler. You've got to be in position to at least want to do better, to want to forgive, to want to move on, to want to have better relationships. Don't talk about what happened before if you don't have your mind put in a position that says, I want more. Yearning for God is not enough if I don't have a yearning for my brothers and sisters. Because by this, will we know that you're his disciples, that you have yearning, burning, love, one for another. So stay. I don't want My heart. My heart <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Presence, Lord. We're going to do better. This week, ask God to give you a heart for reconciliation so that once you're reconciled, the peace that surpasses all understanding can be yours. And you can be right vertically and horizontally with God and with people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Stay. So stay.
go in peace and the peace of God go with you. Please continue to keep the Williams family in your prayers. Love one another and do good. May God bless you. Go in peace. Shalom.